Hello and welcome to the August 2021 episode of the Beats and Bleeps podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Today I'm joined by Michael Hamilton, a Glaswegian uh, games composer. Uh, just going to talk to him about his work on his various soundtracks he's worked on and just musical influences and just general games and stuff. Yeah, thank you for thank you for joining me. Thank you for giving me some of your time, Michael, to go through some questions about uh, yourself and your work and... Oh just general games and soundtracks as they are so i mean the, the easiest place to start i think is um like how, how did you get into writing soundtracks for games um it was one of those things where like um before i was kind of doing music on my own name like a little kind of solo project for a while and it was and i eventually kind of i eventually started doing like the sort of uh like post-rock kind of stuff like every guitarist ends up doing when they can't be fucked like playing fast anymore <laughs> and uh yeah i just put a bunch of music and like everybody like everybody listen, like a lot of people that listen to it were like oh yeah it's a it's a kind of thing that should be in films and um yeah after like after i kind of i don't know just like and then quarantine happened uh then like COVID happened and then uh yeah that was a point where i was like well yeah maybe i'll try i'll give this sort of soundtrack business a score uh, give, give that a go so then i ended up kind of you know i've uh, i kind of did some did some work on like some films and some like theater and like tv yeah. sequences and stuff like that and basically just kind of tried a bunch of different kinds of soundtracks to see which i kind of preferred and then when i eventually started doing games it just felt the the, the most natural to me and the most familiar like there wasn't as steep a learning curve for me, even yeah. though I was like having to, you know, write music that's, yeah, that, that has all the sort of like unique aspects that game music has, like, you know, lo- having loops and uh, having it to be loopable and layers and adaptive and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was just a, then after I realized how much I enjoyed that, and then I was just kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I like TV and I like films, but I've always loved games, you know, I mean, like. <laughs> So yeah. it just after that, it was just kind of like, well, yeah. I mean, let's uh, have a go at this, and yeah, that was about a year ago. So yeah, it's, it's like obviously it's kind of a different style of writing. Like obviously, TV and film, you have a piece, and then that's that. Whereas like yeah. games, you know, you know, some games they adapt for the environment and things like that. So you know, it's like a bit more of a interesting way of writing music yeah no it it felt and that's what i liked about games where like it's probably just due to my kind of own inexperience but when i was doing stuff with like scoring to um you know film or tv or whatever just like stuff that isn't interactive like it just felt i don't know like i I didn't really like the constrictions of like you know having to land you know the the cuts and like have like beats sync up and i'm just like right okay so if they're set 30 seconds and then i want to land this cut so then for that i have to like have a tempo of this much and like have have a time signature of that or like oh do i have to do, do like a half bar at the end of it is that going to sound weird and i just kept getting in my own head like really quickly whereas when i sat down to do music even though i'm writing stuff that sounds like it, sh- it sounds and functions in a way that is exclusive to video games like it still feels very natural to me yeah it just kind of i just kind of sit down and i'm like oh yeah i'm just i'm just doing music the same as i same as i always have like the process even though it's really different and like video game is like video game music is a very particular thing and has to work in a very, very particular way it wasn't that different to 
Yeah, I don't know, but it wasn't that different. It's, it's basically working in layers. Yeah. I just kind of treat it like DJing almost, which I can't really do, but like I, I do a lot of dance music, so like that's like, kind of, I'm very much more attuned to that way of like writing thing, writing music in a way that's like layers can be added and taken away and like it all sort of still functions versus like having this one linear unidirectional thing that I don't know I just I can never I could never write anything that sounded particularly musical yeah I think, <laughs> I think it's um like with that as well it's like uh the way it kind of interacts with the environment of the game and stuff like that so you know you've got you theoretically got a piece of music but then you've got like parts of it that will come in at different moments and you know it's yeah. it's like adaptive rather than just this is a a to a to b bit of music it's like got all your different parts and stuff going on yeah i think it's really exciting doing that as well whether it's like you're just kind of like making as a composer you're just kind of like making these individual pieces like your like a red like a, you know your rhythm section your 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 sort of drums and your and your lead and like all that kind of thing and then you're just kind of putting them in an environment and then depending on talking about like adaptive music in particular like just depending on how the player plays a game they could get a completely different musical experience depending on where they go first or how long they spend in a particular environment or whether they find something or or like, you know what i mean that i think that's one of the most exciting parts about game music and adaptive music yeah. for me it's really cool man as i say that kind of goes into one of the next questions it's like what what mm. sort of point do you come into the process of like making a game to do the soundtrack like i'm guessing a film and tv it's kind of at the end and that's why you've got the constraints whereas games it kind of has to be part of the whole process yeah um music less so than like sound effects in general um it's kind of it's, it's similar to films and TV. Like um, <laughs> as you say, like it should be part. It should be as close to the end as possible, because you know if you're meant to, if you're trying to score something, the more developed that the thing that you're trying to score is, the clearer idea that you have of how it's going to be. Versus like you know, sitting trying to score a film when you're looking at a bunch of stick figures on a screen because it's like. Yeah, so like I, I always prefer to go in as late as possible, but directors and developers don't really want to hear that a lot of the time because they're like, oh, but what if you don't get it done on time? And like, or what if you? They want you to be like, oh no, it's that, it's that kind of like catch twenty two where it's like they want you to be, they, they want you to be as involved as early as possible, but say you say you say yes and you agree to it, then you then just have to sit around and wait for like stuff to be developed yeah. as, so that you can actually see what it's going to be so like i'm always like, i'm always pushing to be as involved as late in the process as possible but a lot of developers are i don't know they kind of yeah a lot of them like are, are quite sort of eager to have you and, and as early as possible even though in my opinion it doesn't really make much sense to do it that way but I totally get where they're coming from. They know you like they don't want to be waiting on the musician or the composer doing their, you know, waiting forever to do their like to do their bit. But I think that's where the trust comes into it. You just kind of have to trust that, like you know, like the, the composer is able to do what they say that they're going to do in the time frame that they say that they're going to be able to do it. So, but yeah, it can vary. To answer your question, it can vary quite a lot. 
So was it, um, I'm going on based upon what's on your website, but was Aki the first game soundtrack you did? Uh, no, um, uh, the first, uh, the first, uh, the first game, the first one I did was for a game called uh, Valiant Vikings, yeah. which was really, really cool. Um, it's very similar to Aki, actually. Um, well, the the music is anyway. It's like it's kind of it's kind of nice actually because like Aki is quite you know, the music is quite uh, well, so ambient and piano and yeah. nice, and it's very bright and it's very like uh, I don't know daytime if you like. Whereas uh, Valiant Vikings is is quite similar. Um, the guy kind of wanted something kind of like Hollow Knight in terms of the music. Yeah. Um, but so it's like, oh, it's pianos and strings and like, you know, small kind of chamber ensembles, but it's like a lot darker and a lot sort of more melancholic. So no one else is going to look at it this way. But like, yeah, in my mind, I've got this. I don't know, it's like a yin and yang of those two, <laughs> of those two uh, soundtracks. Um, Aki's like the kind of bright, sort of happy, uplifting piano. And uh, Valiant Viking is the more depressing, melancholic one before it. To say, yeah, they both they both kind of have the same sort of selection of uh, instruments and things like that in them. But like, yeah, you do get the the difference between between that and like it does fit quite well with the the game themes. Like obviously, Aki, especially when you play it, goes and it starts off in the black and white kind of thing and goes into the color. Oh, you played it! Yeah, Thank you so much, yeah. man. Thank yeah. you, dude. I've got to do my research, haven't I? <laughs> uh, no, 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 I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, Aki was really nice. So, I mean, uh, Valiant Vikings was done with, uh, it was like a, just, like I've never met a guy in real life. Like, yeah. I only know his name on, I only know his name on Discord. I don't even know his real name. <laughs> um, but Valiant Vikings was done with, uh, like, a team um, called Tartan Paint from Dundee. So, like, it was kind of nice actually being able to, like, speak to them and, it was still done in lockdown so i wasn't actually able to go see them or anything but like yeah it was just nice yeah i don't know it was, it was they're really 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 talented guys and really really cool so i said i did say was that part of their university project from mm. yeah because they've got their little pre-release I, video I, yeah i think so i think it was part of like their yeah i'll say it wasn't part of my I, well, I'm not studying or anything, but like, uh, no, I met them at the the Global Game Jam in January because um, they I worked on another game and then they heard the music and which was like they heard the music of uh, it was like a like a bullet hell shooter kind of thing that we yeah. did and so I was doing this like quite like super intense like drum and bass like breakbeat kind of like anime music basically yeah <laughs> and then they heard that and they were like oh yeah like they, they want they were speaking to me afterwards and they're like oh yeah do you want to like do this uh do this game for us <laughs> and like yeah they were there i was like oh yeah sure like w- what kind of thing is it and then they were like oh we wanted to be like you know this lovely chill like atmospheric <laughs> like really nice like introspective game i'm like how did you look at like a bullet hell drum and bass score and then be like that's our guy sad piano <laughs> music <laughs> that's him but i'm glad they did another uh but yeah that was they were like uh, they were all taking part as like uh yeah as like a um like university group kind of thing so but they're in their third year now so i'm hopeful like, I, th- I think they're kind of quite serious on sort of keeping it going after they don't have to just do it for coursework kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Now, now they've got a few games under their belt and a bit of momentum and stuff like that. So I still speak to the guys, so I'm hoping that more opportunities to work with them will be on the horizon in the future. Yeah, I'm guessing that's kind of one of the good things as well, is like 
you get that polarity of different genres you can work in but obviously mm. you, can, you know there's obviously different game types lend themselves to different soundtracks but like you know it's mm-hmm. not just like you get pigeonholed as doing ambient piano stuff or you know that drum and brace yeah. techno kind of thing no it's great man i mean that's probably the main reason as to why i kind of wanted to go into video games but it's like if i was to put myself out as like a solo music artist who just did songs to listen to like if i were to jump from like you know jazz to death metal to like country to piano music or whatever <laughs> like nobody would be into that but then when you put when you're like oh don't worry it's a game soundtrack suddenly people are a lot more like open to it like i don't know it's really weird but like uh, this is a total like self-serving thing here but like uh yeah it's it's weird how much more receptive people are to like diverse genres or and they aren't whereas like if i if i wasn't doing it as a soundtrack people would be like put off by how much i jump around in terms of like how, the kind of things that i write so it's really strange i'm not really sure why that is the case but think video game fans tend to be a lot less fickle than music fans when it comes to music i was gonna say uh, when it when it comes to music so i say some some games fans are definitely fickle in in lots of other ways oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah i mean i guess that's the that's the thing is like you know video game fans are probably a lot more fickle about video games like like, it seemed they seem to be i don't know it seems to be a lot more like yeah, I don't know. It's like so, especially when I did like Detestation as well. Like, I put that soundtrack out, and they were, and it was very much one of those. Oh, I'm just, I'm just doing it for me. Like nobody else is, like nobody else is gonna like this apart from me. Like, or <laughs> and then I put it out because I thought it was like, you know, it's too heavy, it's too fast, it's too ridiculous, like it's too over the top. But yeah, then the, all these people who are like, it's always the, the whole like, oh, I don't normally listen to to metal, but suddenly. You know, that isn't a gateway album, you know what I mean? That's like a pretty legitimate, like, heavy metal album. Oh, yeah. But then suddenly, because it's a game soundtrack, people are like, I guess Doom's kind of the same. Like, you know, I like the Doom soundtrack because I listen to that kind of music anyway. Then I heard the Doom soundtrack and I was like, oh, this is this is a good version of a thing that I'm already familiar with. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It seems to be, like, people, I don't know, like, so many, like, closeted, like, death metal fans came out when they came out and were like, oh, yeah, you've... <laughs> You've totally like got me into this uh this like metal like nonsense which is a yeah it's really cool that like video game music can like broaden people's horizons i guess like in terms of their own music tastes i mean like yeah definitely like i me and my friends regularly chat about like especially in early early teens and it's like like the tony hawks pro skater soundtracks and things mm. they like such a big part of of my like my musical taste growing up and, yeah. and it's just like but wouldn't have been exposed to that probably some way but like wouldn't have been exposed to that music like any other way mm. other than playing the game so it's just it's it's really odd when like even things like fifa when they yeah. the soundtracks on that they used to have like you and you you just like kind of unintentionally listen to things that you wouldn't normally pick to listen to or wouldn't be on radio or that sort of thing it just gets you into a, a whole different yeah, like listening to different genres of music that you would never have given a chance because you've yeah, got those preconceptions. So yeah, especially I feel like everybody our age who likes any kind of like alternative music 
if you were to crack open their their DNA, they'd have that little Tony Hawk's strand in there. I feel like I feel like because I'm the exact same man. Like I wasn't. It was uh, Tony Hawk's three was like my my main one, and I got me into like you know like AFI and like Body Jar and like all these like pop punk bands. Yeah. And, uh, before I knew, it, I was into black metal. <laughs> but like <laughs> to the gateway. Yeah, as a gateway, man, yeah. Um, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But no, nah, you're so right, man. And yeah, FIFA's like the more sort of like PG version of it. <laughs> We've yeah. got like all that kind of landfill indie. <laughs> but I don't know, I've got such a soft spot for like FIFA menu music. Like, I feel like that's very much a sound that exists in the musical pantheon now. <laughs> I, think, I think it's definitely like, if, if you're in a band and you get asked to have your song on a FIFA soundtrack you're like oh yeah yeah I'll do that and then afterwards it's yeah. just like you recognize from being on the FIFA soundtrack as like oh you yeah I listened to a bit of your song when I was trying to skip to get to another game uh, <laughs> it's like people listen to the same 20 seconds in the loading <laughs> screen <laughs> uh, no but like uh FIFA Wave is definitely a thing. <laughs> like one of, one of, one of, that's in the that's in the press kits of one of my bands. Is that like we just we we like to just make up like stupid genres that don't exist. And like FIFA Wave is one of those. FIFA Wave and Blindcore is uh, that's. <laughs> I mean, I can I can get on board with both of them. And like I think I think if you read if you read that's that, bad. you'd just be like, oh yeah, I can. Uh... You could like probably yeah. if you get that name pigeonhole loads of different bands into it that you think off the top of your head as well. Well, obviously yeah. FIFA Core is quite easy because they, they yeah. it exists. But <laughs> I, I can't take credit for those genres. Those are my my good friend ah. uh, Andrew Gordon who did that. But yeah, he's so good at coming up with like random like meaningless but uh, like unusually helpful genres. <laughs> for... So yeah, it's been a yeah FIFA Core. Watch out for that, man. <laughs> I think think uh, one of my favourite kind of made up genres like that is some some particularly like over the top power metal that someone called Disney metal that I thought was thought was great. <laughs> so, I'm not much of a power metal guy. I, I quite like Blind Guardian, but um, no, I'm not. Or uh, Rhapsody as well. I think I saw them at a festival a few years ago. So what would Disney metal be? Can you can you give me some can you give me some bands? I can't. I can't. I, I think there was one called a power quest and it's just like ridiculously like obviously power metal's cheesy anyway but it's just like oh, God, ridiculously yeah. over the top but like yeah the kind of almost pg as well like version of it you can just imagine yeah one of the characters in frozen you know singing this as the snowman from frozen plays yeah. like a ridiculous solo <laughs> for no apparent reason yeah it's good I, th- I think like especially especially with like the um like music journalism this whole like you know there's now you know 10 years ago there was like oh metal and then there's a couple of few few sub of metal and now there's like yeah like i didn't realize until someone's like oh yeah it's like what what black metal's that and it's like well i thought it was just black metal it's like oh no is it oh. symphonic or is it and i was like what right. <laughs> you at least three adjectives before before yeah. people know what you're talking about <laughs> Just... No, I think like it's one of those things. Where, like you know, like people or bands or artists or whatever, they always kick up like such a fuss about like see when people ascribe a genre to them. Like you know, like like people they'd be like, oh no, we're not post rock. We're atmospheric instrumental rock orientated adjacent music. I'm like, dude, you're just fucking post rock. Like it's fine. <laughs> or like 
you know idm and stuff like that and like i don't know i guess like i, I kind of just go the other way where i kind of lean into it or it's like you know see if, see if see if it helps people find your music on a playlist then just yeah sure if people want to call you post-rock then stop being such a baby about it and just embrace it but then if people also want to do like post-fifa core new wave revival you know what i mean like i don't know that's i just that's that's what i want to do like i just want to lean into like the ridiculous genre naming conventions (laughs) uh, sorry i've got a tangent there no it's fine it's uh, it's a good good tangent so with the um i'm gonna struggle to pronounce this because it's got too many s's in for me but the detestation soundtrack ah yeah so obviously that's um like i've really got like uh, like you know early 90s first person shoots like doom duke nukem quake and stuff like that like i quite, I quite like well the question for you really because you made it but like the first track on it did it go from like almost a <laughs> midi guitar synth into like real guitar and i kind of like that that midi guitar like just reminds me of that you know when you first load doom up go through the menus pick which difficulty level and then you go in and it's got that like synth guitar riff and it's just like yeah that's that's like childhood memories probably shouldn't be childhood memories playing doom growing up but yeah definitely like big memories of that soundtrack and like then but then like it kind of goes off on you know there's like industrial vibes like i kind of got got hints of godflesh street cleaner yeah and so it's quite uh yeah it's quite uh even even it's like as, as you said earlier it's like quite a lot of extra ex- extreme metal kind of bits and elements into it but like yeah definitely like got like it covers quite a, a wide range of metal stuff as well no thank you so much man yeah like and it's, it's really nice that like people because i've had a few people like like fans of the genre like yourself um because well that was basically the that was basically the spec that i got for the game was um all right well it's like a we wanted to do like a more extreme version of the of like the the nineties sort of like MS DOS shooters like Quake and, and Doom and that, and um, yeah, it was basically. Sorry, I, I totally lost my train of thought there. Um, yeah, when he said extreme, the first thing I thought about was obviously death metal. So like. Uh, or I was like, okay, like, how do I take um, like Matt Gordon stuff and then do something kind of like similar, or like, so how do I up that? Yeah. Like from like, because that's obviously the kind of mashuga like gente kind of periphery kind of thing. So I was like, okay, that's cool, but that's been done. So I'm like, how do I do like the equivalent of that, or the kind of parallel of that? And yeah, the first thing I thought about was like, well, I wanted to just sound as nineties as possible. So like, what does what does the nineties sound like? So obviously, yeah, it's all those like uh, like crappy little like MIDI instruments from the uh, from the Roland like uh, sound fonts that yeah, like Quake used and like Doom used and stuff like that. And then I was like, well, yeah, I mean, like breakbeats that that's 90s as hell <laughs> like acid techno sense like that's that that's um that's 90s as hell and like yeah i mean <laughs> in lieu of going to music school for any other stuff i was um <laughs> i was playing i spent my teens playing in like death metal bands anyway so i was just like well i mean 
if I could, if I could do that stuff, not every video game composer is going to have that background, so I may as well like try and lean into it as much as possible. And yeah, it was all those like uh, like mellow death bands from the nineties that like that was the stuff I loved, like or like that got me into it initially. Like you're at the gates and Carcass and Arch Enemy and In Flames and all the kind of Scandinavian stuff. So yeah, I just kind of ended up like leaning into that and then tried to mix it with like all these like crappy little ms dos sounds and it worked uh surprisingly well actually yeah i don't i don't expect i, I expected it to be a lot it, it's weird how well those kind of sounds lend themselves to like the the extreme metal that was happening at the time yeah um, yeah it was, it was really yeah it's cool man but I, I had so much fun doing it again just because it was like i was being like constantly egged on by the developer to be like oh like you know the more ridiculous the better like or the more like the heavier the better and like oh no usually like video game music is uh there's a lot of restraint in the process yeah whereas for this it was like complete opposite where it's just like no nah, keep going go faster go heavier so nah it was a lot of fun man i'd say um the thing, the thing is as well like as a standalone bit of music it just it, you know just it's like if you pass it on to a fan of metal like those four tracks they'd be like yeah this is like even out of context as being a video game soundtrack it's still just as a piece of music it's like it's it's really enjoyable well i think it's enjoyable anyway but yeah oh, thank you so much man <laughs> that means a lot and yeah it's really nice that like because i was i was i was sort of like when i was doing it i was like right no one's gonna like this apart from me but then i had like a few obviously the first people that i let hear it were people that i knew that also liked metal and i was like oh what do you think of this and really like, yeah yeah it's cool and then i've also had a few other people be like who like don't normally listen to that but like those kind of games play it and then be like oh yeah the music's really cool so it's really nice that like it kind of passes the the, the kind of litmus test of the of the metal gatekeepers but also <laughs> appeals to people who, who are you know are maybe aren't already fans of the genre kind of thing but yeah it's really nice like you're not the first person to come back and be like oh yeah it's like kind of reminds me of like you know godflesh or um, like carcass or like oh no these like influences that was very much like consciously trying to get trying to like channel so no nah, thank you so much and thank you for thank you for listening it really means a lot man with the uh, i think it's uh the nightmare world haunted souls soundtrack oh yeah yeah, yeah. so is that like that kind of like a, di- a different change of pace obviously it's uh like horror and you've got like the whole suspense vibes and things and I'm not gonna lie, like I I played that, and actually it's one of the weirdest. Like, not to if anyone's listening, not to ruin the game, but like one of the weirdest and also most terrifying jump scares in a game I've had. And don't don't <laughs> think I've fully recovered from it because it's not like you, you, yeah. you kind, kind of like if you play play horror games, like you get you get used to jump scares now, and you just kind of think like, oh, some zombie's gonna jump out on me and stuff. That one just got me. Like, I was like, what what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but like, well, yeah, for like writing that, like obviously, especially going down like all the empty corridors and stuff like mm-hmm. that tension build in in the soundtracks really really enjoyable like but is it, is it like having to write something like that is it kind of when's the lines enough for like how much tension or is it like the more the better that you can put in the in the soundtrack um so with that it's um it's it's kind of, it's kind of hard to answer because uh it, well having you know, listening to metal, they're probably not going to be surprised by this at all. But like, I mean, like horror is like my favorite genre of anything, so like, it always has been. And yeah, it's kind of when I was doing stuff like that, it, when I'm doing like a you know like spooky music or like atmospheric music or 
tense music or whatever whether it's for a, a game or a film like it's always um it's it's kind of i don't know i've got this like it, it's it's almost I, I can't really i can't really articulate it, it it's i'm I kind of just, I kind of just get it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very familiar with that. You know, when I'm doing other kind of other kinds of genres, like you know, I don't play a lot of shooters, for example. So with Detestation, I was like, you know, I had to kind of put on that that hat to like get the kind of mechanics and the pacing and the atmosphere of the game and stuff like that. But with horror games, it's like I don't even really need to do that. I kind of just have this like this little part of my brain that like it's kind of that just kind of knows what it needs. But in terms of uh, in terms of the music, um, it was yeah, like that was kind of like that, yeah, like the specs. It was kind of similar to Detestation in a way, where it was like the spooky bits were meant to be really, really spooky, and like the you sort of the, the grandiose, like because it's all like anime inspired, like yeah. you wanted it to be as like you know cheesy and over the top and dramatic as possible which doing that with an orchestra is like a lot of fun so like yeah it was kind of um yeah it was kind of like yeah the tenser the better basically but uh for that one i was also um like i just ripped off uh basically like all of the uh, johnny greenwood scores from the, <laughs> paul, from the paul thomas anderson films um yeah, I remember. I, like, I think I watched like there will be blood while I was scoring that, and then I was just like, "Oh, that's the sound." <laughs> so then, uh, all I really did for it was just get like, um, well, the, the kind of atmospheric piece that like you heard on the album. Um, that was all just like, it's just a couple of scraping cellos, really, and that's it. So, yeah, I don't know, but it was always like I kind of like like for that one, I was kind of wanting to get as much tension from as small an ensemble as possible, I guess, is, is the, the kind of best way to answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a, no, I, I, wanna, I really want to do more stuff like that, just like in a, like orchestral music, but like, you know, not like trailer music, if you get what I mean. Like it's not, it's very much like, it just sounds like an orchestra playing in a room. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, like samples and a lot all these kind of glitchy pro, post-production kind of stuff like yeah i'd love to do more sort of like standard or like kind of symphonic orchestra setup but um uh, it's, a bit of a, it's a very niche thing yeah <laughs> so but uh, it was a lot of fun doing uh, doing nightmare world so hopefully episode two is coming out soon i hope then that's where most of the music that if you listen to it on Bandcamp, that's where most of the music that's on there will be in the next episode okay so. cool so with yeah. with like obviously your um, like writing and recording process, do you? I'm, I'm assuming based upon the Detestation soundtrack, what you said, you play guitar and like are most yes. are most of the impulse, uh, most instruments like sampled or like how much how much of stuff is actually recorded. Um, so I'm not. I, I wish I, I wish I played more instruments. Than I did. <laughs> uh, but no, I've played guitar. Like guitar is like my main instrument. Um, well, guitar and bass as well. Like I play. Uh, I also do like a lot of session work and playing bands and stuff like that, and that's usually uh, it's usually bass that I play. So yeah, if there's a if there's a bass guitar or if there's a, a real guitar on the uh, on a on a soundtrack, I'll usually have recorded it myself. Um, but in saying that, like um, so drums and stuff like that, that's all programmed. Um, real drums I, I usually just use superior drummer that's uh yeah. like my kind of preferred one again because i bought it when i was doing when i was like in my teens and i'm like oh yeah i don't need a band i'm gonna be 
I'm gonna be like Misha Mansour and like do my own, <laughs> do my own thing and like program my own drums. So like yeah, I just uh, a lot yeah a lot of my sort of like library of instruments is just stuff that I have lying around from like my youth, and I'm just kind of like oh I mean how can I how can I make this work? But yeah, it's a lot of a lot of sample libraries, a lot of synthesizers, and um, yeah. But like if the, yeah, I usually try to play bass and guitar on a record if i can but yeah in saying that there's a lot of really cool samples like i do like i re- i really like the process of sampling as well like um whether it's drum samples or like loops or anything like that i just love like chopping them up and doing some cool stuff with it so if i find a nice guitar sample that i like i'm not gonna re-record the exact same thing just <laughs> just, for just the sake of it. go in and cut it up and yeah so i i'm not i'm not gonna yeah, definitely not above. Um, it's just it's it's what I'm most familiar with for writing. So like it's like I know the fretboard a lot better than I know a keyboard, for yeah. example. Even though I can kind of play piano, but like I'm not like I'm not that comfortable. So it's just uh, it's mostly just like I'll get the ideas out on a guitar, like chords and melodies, and then usually put those into MIDI form, and then kind of if the piece calls for a guitar, then I'll keep the guitar in. But if not, I'll then you know, move that, move it around between, you know, orchestra plugins or, or whatever. So I, I, I wasn't sure how kind of nerdy you wanted to get with, <laughs> with uh, when you were asking me about synths and stuff like that. So uh, I can, we can go into that if you want, but I didn't want to start. I mean, I think, I think like going, going down the line of asking about synths, if it, especially if it's like specific synths and plugins and stuff with, that can take all, all night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do use a lot, um, but it's like, that's, that's, part of the fun for me i just love uh i don't know just like because there's so much like good free stuff out there as well oh, yeah um or these libraries like the spitfire labs and stuff like that that just gets like updated sort of consistently and it's it's either like done with all this gear that you can afford to do yourself or like this weird obscure instrument for like another part of the world or whatever and like i don't know it's like a little when i see they've like released a new instrument or like uh yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of nice, like it's like Christmas, like going in and then just like hammering out the keyboard and kind of seeing what weird sounds you can get, or you know, with synthesizers, you get to like, you're just like, oh, I wonder what happens if I just turn everything up to 100. <laughs> and like, yeah, I don't know. That's part of the fun for me, man. It's just trying to break stuff and just see if I get something out of it. I think as well, like, obviously, we we're uh, our age groups like aware of. Back in like you know the snares and nes days, like how yeah, yeah. how like much more restrictive writing a soundtrack for those consoles would have been, and now now you've got like literally any instrument you want, you can just go on the internet get get a sample pack, and you've got that, and it's like do you, do you kind of think like you, you're spoiled for choice now, and it makes it harder, or like the restrictions made mm-hmm. made it a different kind of whole whole different process almost. I do, yeah, I do like restrictions because um, I think I don't really get writer's block, but I do kind of get option paralysis sometimes where I'm just, I, yeah, it's like you said, just there's like, you know that even if you don't have the sample pack, even if you don't have the instrument or the sample pack or whatever, like, uh, or the sample library, like on your hard drive, you know, like it does exist. You know what I mean? There, there will be some instrument out there that will be able to get you 
whatever obscure medieval instrument that you want or whatever <laughs> so i do kind of as as kind of hard so i sometimes do end up like stuck in like in a yeah as i say just like too much choice but um that's but to be honest that's usually one of the first things i do when i take on a new project or i'm sitting down to do a new project is that i'll kind of come up with a I don't know, like like a palette of colors, I guess. Yeah. If you're using like a painting analogy, and it's like you know, it's not that I, it's not that okay. I can only use these five instruments, and these will, I will die on this hill. It's not. It's not that. It's more just like okay, that's it. Let's. I'm gonna make the track as as full as I can, and then with these like limited instruments or like whatever, because I know that like yeah, if you just sat there and you're just like, well, I could use anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's a bit overwhelming and that it kind of it's sometimes yeah you just spend too long just like just browsing sounds or noodling on ideas or whatever i think yeah restrictions help you t- to commit to ideas so that you can move forward and build on those ideas just in terms of like obviously musical influences and things like obviously yes. you've metal, mentioned a lot of your influences are, are metal orientated mm-hmm. uh, any sort mm-hmm. of like um like sort of bands that kind of you listen to like yeah that's i kind of want to do music as a um well i mean the the band or person that kind of got me into not necessarily video game music but just scoring for media in general was uh like Trent Reznor yeah because yeah I was like um, well I'm I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan but I kind of got I very much got into the band first like before you know he started doing like lots and lots of scoring work and then you know the social network came out and then like all these other like Trent Reznor scores like that because I love David Fincher as well so like it was one of those like I was constantly I was constantly seeing these scores by one of my favorite bands because I was going to see films by one of my favorite directors. <laughs> so, and yeah, you know, you know, diverse Nine Inch Nails like catalog is. Um, so I think, yeah, that's probably like a big influence in terms of like what got me into wanting to score in the first place. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's, I don't know, just like, I don't know, I've just got like, I've just got so much respect for the guy and like he just he's just such a knowledgeable talented dude yeah so i don't know it's just one of the like when i was just like if i can be as half as good as him at sound design at like you know playing guitar like playing heavy stuff the ambient stuff the kind of the year zero like digital stuff like that kind of thing like i think that yeah it's that and you know, you got these people like like Prince and like David Bowie and stuff like that, where they just genre hop so much. Like it was when I saw like Trent Reznor do that, starting off in metal and you know, kind of eighties electro electro before that, and then like kind of genre hop and like here, there, and all over the place. It was just I was just like, oh, he's managed to make it work, and that's what I want to do because I get bored so easily from like yeah. writing, <laughs> like I don't know, like writing any one kind of music, so. It's just when I saw that he was able to do that in the context of scoring films and games as well, like he did that Quake game. Like, um, yeah, that's kind of I'd say he's probably like my main influence. As I say, it's one of the, one of them with like it's just just nine inch nails. If you say if you get um, like one of some of the works from the early nineties and then put it next to yeah. Year Zero or with Teeth, and it's like, oh, this is the same person. It's like. Is it? I, it's, no. <laughs> it's like so so different but like you know the, even then there's like other than 
his voice and things, but like there's still like some trademark kind of little bit. She's like, oh yeah, you can kind of pick up on that and things. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like that's pretty much like what I guess he's not my influence. It's more my more my inspiration, I guess. Whereas, like, I think that's pretty much what I aim to do with, like, not just my scoring work, but just any music that I do in general. I kind of want to, yeah, like, you know, as much as I genre hop around, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of hoping that, like, after a while, there'll be this kind of, like, thread of consistency through it all. So it doesn't matter whether I do, like, a like a 50-piece orchestra or a, a death metal like soundtrack or a sad piano soundtrack or whatever i'd kind of i don't know i'm kind of hoping that like somewhere down the line there will just be this little signature the equivalent of like a trent reznor signature yeah. I, think that, I think that's like the kind of like then after the mark of like a, a very accomplished composer is when you're able to do that maybe you can't even see what that thread of consistency is but you know it's there and other people know it's there then yeah no he's great man but uh, now nah, in terms of styles obviously you know I, I pull from like all sorts of places but like i trend res was a big inspiration i mean the, the next question i've got is um uh, like any yes. any game soundtracks or um like any soundtracks in general that you would have liked to been like a fly on the wall when they were making it i think i think you might have answered it with a few of them then but mm. No, I was like, because <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me something like that, and I was getting so fucking stressed out. <laughs> I was like, he's going to ask me my favorite soundtrack, and I don't know. Um, I think that's a that's a good way. That's a good way of. Uh, that's an interesting way of asking that question, though. Like to be a fly in the wall. So, like, I mean, probably my favorite ever soundtrack is probably um, Silent Hill Two. Yes. So, but to be a fly in the wall in Konami in the early nineties, <laughs> I'm not sure anybody would want to be that fly in the wall. But um, no, I don't know. In terms of like, you know, seeing into this like hidden process and like seeing how it was made, and I think it'd probably be either Silent Hill Two or Ocarina of Time or a game from round about that era. Yeah. Because well, because like um, well, it's like you were saying, like in the, the kind of SNES and or like SNES and kind of pre-SNES era, like you know, you only had like a basic little sound chip that had like what was it like three channels and a noise channel or something like that. So it was like barely anything to work with. But then you got your like your Cody Condos and the like are able to do these like you know these iconic themes, like probably like super like just probably the best composers in the world, in my opinion. And then the, the the Nintendo 64 comes out, and the and the P and more so the PlayStation, I guess, because I think that was like a bigger jump in terms of like hardware capabilities, because you were able to put stuff on CDs and stuff yeah. like that. So I guess like I would love to have been a fly in the wall to see how these like really really talented composers are able to write these amazing themes with like a three channel synthesizer, to then see how they cope with this like suddenly the restrictions that they have get completely you know probably like yeah that's probably the biggest shift or like the biggest sort of like uh removal of restrictions that i yeah. really think of in a video game was like that leap from snes to i don't know what generation number it is but you know what i mean like yeah I think every i uh, sorry when you go. i was just gonna say it's why it's like the when it became like cd media and you were able to have like just yeah it, it like recorded music rather than the 
basically yeah, the, the system playing it from whatever mm. how the data was stored on the cartridge yeah i think that i i think that i would love to i i think koji kondo especially i'd love to see koji kondo writing ocarina of time for that reason this guy is like clearly like a very like classically minded in terms of like putting notes on a page and like orchestrating and stuff like that and then suddenly he's using you know like sample cds and stuff like for like a completely down i don't know i'd love to see how how he kind of changed the changes approach to that yeah because i think yeah because it's a kind of similar thing you know it's like it's going from like very very restrictive to like all i mean comparatively limitless compared to like the previous generation so like that's the kind of thing that i would really struggle with like just too many options so i'd kind of like to see how to do that well i guess would be my answer to that <laughs> yes swift um place my questions that's helpful mm. um, <laughs> that's all good man no i've got the dog pacing around next to me as well and he, he's like totally i can't i keep trying to like give you a good answer and i just see him like walking in circles <laughs> next to me i'm just uh, that's him you all right that's him lying down now so uh, what, <laughs> but no you're all right man don't worry about it what what dog is it uh it's a long boy like greyhounds oh nice yeah I'll give you a wee give you a wee swatch oh. there you go you can kind of see him oh Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah! Oh yeah! Hello. Oh bless. Uh, hello. <laughs> oh, he's a wee darling. He's lovely. Greyhounds are just so uh, like so placid and just oh, yeah. lovely. They're basically cats <laughs> without the deckish nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. That's all right. I was gonna say, um, like, um, I was gonna say, oh yeah, because you're so it's just kind of more, more like your yourself and like obviously being. Are you from Glasgow originally? <laughs> so with um, so with that, it's like I was, I was having a conversation with one of my friends that um, moved up there a couple of years ago, and just about like how many how many bands mm. that I enjoy like Mogwai, Churches, um, like Twilight yeah. Sad, Frightened Rabbit. Like, how, it, it, do you think there's like what something about the Glasgow music scene that just kind of has brings something out? I think um, I think it kind of comes with like I, I, I don't know. I, I tend not. To, so the, the the guy that I mentioned earlier, uh, Andrew Gordon, uh, he's a uh, uh, the, the guy I'm in a band, um, I'm in one of my bands with. He's like super into like the kind of homegrown, like Scottish, usually Glasgow um, yeah. bands, um, like your kind of teenage fan clubs and all that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know. I tend not to be too romantic about this kind of thing. So he knows a lot more about it than I do. But like, I don't know. I think it's just like I think there's just a lot going on in it. You know what I mean? There's an art school. There's yeah. a. There's a like a, a conservatoire and stuff like that so like i think it's just like i'd I, obviously <laughs> just being a just being in a just being a band from glasgow doesn't mean you're going to be good <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i don't know i think it's like um i think it's like just a higher level of like general activity as in like just more bands out and about and having to i don't know i think it's just with that it kind of comes like a, a level of like competition i guess yeah and then event you know it's like you know all these bands are kind of like pushing each other to like try and outdo each other 
no, I'm me. I'm kind of making it sound a lot more dramatic than it actually is. But you know, what I mean, I think it's like quite a usually a subconscious thing where everybody's trying to be the best band in Glasgow, like whether they realise it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it's just I think just that kind of healthy competition every so often will give you a Mogwai, like a church's, a teenage fan club, uh, uh, a Franz Ferdinand. Did he count? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, the first the first yeah. album was. A classic i think that yeah that counts i think I, I, I think that avoids the landfill indie tag i think yeah yeah it, it's the it, it definitely rises to the top yeah nah. i say i, I say like it's like probably that sort of era was one of my you know that whole indie yeah boom then that was like one of my favorite albums so yeah they, it's they, they de- it's de- definitely it's counts and i think like the um just that like riff and take me out there's just so much intent in that it's like the first time you hear yeah. it's just like you, you can't help but pay attention to it yeah uh, i actually remember i'm probably showing my age here but like, that was i mean that was the first year that i started playing guitar was when that song came out and uh, i had this like i've still got it actually i still i still use it um i had this like 20 foot 20 pound like three quarter size classical guitar like that you know the, the kind of the guitar that you get given by your parents and like you say, oh, I want to learn guitar. <laughs> and um, yeah, I remember sitting there and like sitting there for days trying to figure out how to play that one riff. And like, you know, you know what these guitars sound like? They're absolute trash. But I remember just being like so chuffed with myself <laughs> when I was finally able to do their. But yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot there's a lot of really cool. Um, there's a lot of, there are, no there is a lot of really cool bands from Glasgow and I think but to be honest I think the thing that I love most about it is the fact that there isn't a Glasgow sound the same way that there's a Manchester sound yeah or, like not so much anymore but like you know what I mean like I kind of like the you know okay yeah a lot of people well I was gonna say everybody knows who Mogwai is but like I mean my mum and dad don't know who Mogwai <laughs> is like but you know they probably know like a you know they know who Deacon Blue are. I yeah. guess, you know what I mean. And um, but yeah, there's a lot of like really, really great um, death metal bands from Glasgow as well, like that have been about for a while, but also like that are relatively new as well. Like, so yeah, I think yeah. In fact, I was when I was at uh, I was at Downloads a few weeks ago actually, and um, yeah, Bleed from Within, uh, who have been about for fucking god knows how long, about probably about 10, 15 years at this point. And yeah, they were playing like the main stage at Download, and like I don't like I met them afterwards, but I don't know them personally or that. And they were easily the best band I saw at the weekend. Yeah, like they were like the only band who like were able to like apart from the headliners who were able to like be on the main stage and like really own it. So I was just so impressed with them, man. And yeah, it's not because they're from Glasgow, but <laughs> is that is that a coincidence? <laughs> I bet that was like after everything the last year or so going to download like that so even though it's not like you know it's not what it what it would have been in normal circumstances like just the whole being around that many people watching live music just must have been like like probably just weird to start off with i mean it was a million times better because i've been to download a few times before and like yeah it was a million times better um the kind of reduced capacity and that sort of thing but yeah you're so right man it was like it was honestly the best weekend of my life like i just i can after just after the year we've had like i just i can't put any words just how amazing it felt to be like 
just like I'm not even talking about going into mosh pits and stuff like that. I'm just talking about being able to like just stand next to people. Yeah. And just like you know, I don't know how. Like I mean, I, like I didn't catch COVID and no one I was with did either. But like. I don't know, just like being able to do that and just be like, it was weird at first. You did have to like turn off your kind of that inhibition that you've had for the past year and a half. But like when you did that and you were able to just like, just stand next to people and like, you know, if they bump into you, you're not going to be like, oh my God, like, oh, <laughs> like, you know, don't touch me. God. <laughs> like you're, um, I don't know, just that in itself was probably the best part. And yeah, it's like, you know, seeing live music and stuff like that and just going mental and making a of myself was like really nice. But like, <laughs> I, it's just the little things are honestly the most memorable, man. Just be able to like hug people, have a dance. If you bump into someone, it doesn't matter. It doesn't like, you yeah. know, I mean, it's not, it's not dangerous. <laughs> like, it's still but, like, no, it, was, it was amazing, man. It still sounds like, like, you know, something's like an alien concept. And then I think once you get over that, you just be like, oh, I remember this. This was fun. Yeah, the best way I could describe it is it was like going on holiday to like a parallel universe or like another <laughs> or like another dimension or something like that, where it was just like it was just yeah, I just it was so straight. It was just like you're there and like it's I don't know. It's just it, it genuinely felt as though like the previous year just never happened, and it was like I just can't put any words how beautiful that feeling was. <laughs> like it was really nice, man. It was oh, I was. Amazing. Sorry, I'm gonna gush about this all day. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I'm, 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 games. I'm not. I'm not jealous at all. Uh, oh, man. So uh, back back to games and yourself there. Yeah, like, back you, to games. Have you got? Um, obviously, you mentioned there uh, the second episode of Nightmare Worlds. Yes. Soon. Have you got any else? Anything else you're working on at the minute that you're allowed to talk about? Uh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> We'll find out once this goes live when I'm, allowed, <laughs> when I'm allowed to talk about it or not. But nah, it's nothing. You know, it's nothing, nothing that big. But like, uh, no. In terms of music, I've got like a, I've got a kind of backlog of music for, for games that, because like, like music is like this little self-contained thing, and it usually, it doesn't take as long to write a soundtrack as it does to, program and animate and you know do all the different processes that are like associated with like getting a game from nothing to finished so usually like i've got i usually finish a soundtrack and then it'll just be kind of sitting in the vault until the game is kind of close to being ready and all that kind of thing so like the nightmare world was kind of i kind of leaked my own soundtrack with that one but <laughs> um that'll be out that, that'll be on streaming services and in, uh, in a few weeks i hope uh, there's also the soundtrack to Tokens of Natura, which is this like a uh, card gate, like kind of PvP, um, like card game that I scored, sort of like like Hearthstone, Magic the Gathering, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, so that'll be really cool. Uh, that's coming out in a few weeks as well. Uh, I've just sent that off to be mixed by my good my good friend Ross Cairns. Who also makes detestation and like the only reason that sounds as good as it does is purely from him. Like <laughs> he's so he's such an amazing engineer. But in terms of what I'm writing at the moment, um, I'm doing I, I'm I've got I've got two games going on at the moment. One is called Spin Star by a team called Pixie Devs, which is like a it's, it's like a, a puzzle platform. It's like a two D puzzle platformer. Uh, it's really cool, man. It's like it's kind of like it's like a mix between Celeste and Portal, 
Okay. So it's a lot of like, yeah, it's a lot of kind of like momentum based puzzles that you have to. So the gimmick is, is like you can you can rotate the map ninety degrees left or right, and you you kind of can jump off of things and then like you teleport across the map and then you you use that momentum with the kind of like wall jumps and dashes of Celeste to um to get around and kind of get from one end of the screen to the other basically. Uh, and yeah, it's got a goofy little story as well, which is gonna—it's really cool. I'm really excited to be working on that. Uh, so that's early days. Yeah, I've, I haven't even put—I've only put like a couple of demos together for that. But we're hoping to have an alpha build out. Um, I think one or two months, maybe. And the other thing is is a game called One Wee Robot, which I'm very excited to be doing. Uh, this is with a guy called. Uh, Neil, oh my god, I can't remember his second name. Neil Robertson, uh, <laughs> who is uh, yeah, it's just like it's like in a passion project. He's done everything from the ground up by himself, which is incredible. It's really cool. It's like uh, the game is is kind of like a, a Ratchet and Clank, uh, Crash Bandicoot sort of three D action platformer, but with uh, a kind of Borderlands super cartoony like art style. Okay. So everything's, everything's got like the kind of thick wire frames and stuff like that. It's really, really it's it's a gorgeous game. And I'm really I'm really excited about that because the the music for it's probably like the the quirkiest thing. Or like there's is <laughs> it's, it's it's also the the first game that isn't that I've done that isn't super serious and it's quite it's meant to be kind of funny as well. So yeah, it's basically about like a like time has got someone stole a time thing, and because of that, time things are getting mixed up. So there's like a there's like a a wild west world and several stages in there, but they're they're like drilling for oil in there because of like you know wibbly wobbly time timey wimey things, but. Um, yeah, so it's really cool. The reason I'm excited about that is because like there's a lot of very there's like an ancient Egypt theme world and there's a Wild West world and there's like a Scottish world. So I get to kind of as well as being just I don't know, it's just generally being like cartoonish. I also get to use all these like we. I mean, I've never written like with Arabic instruments before, but I have to for like these uh, for this Egyptian world. So. It was yeah, it's just like little things like that. It's gonna get to do this like really quirky sort of David Wise inspired kind of like yeah. um kind of like really quirky sort of banjo kazooie type music, which uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be doing man. Sorry for the long winded answer, but yes, a nice. bunch, whole bunch of music coming out and a whole bunch of music being written <laughs> is the short answer to that. It sounds like sounds like you're busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly am, man. Yeah. <laughs> so with all all those games you mentioned, are they all just going to be PC releases or any coming to the console that you're aware of? I think so. Um, I th- uh, with uh, Spinstar, I think that's just going to be a PC. Like that's just going to be a, a PC game. I think it, I think it's, it's going to it'll be on Steam. Yeah, uh, which will, which will be nice. And I think it's one of those things. I think we'll see how well it does on Steam, and then maybe we'll maybe make like a try and make like a a, like a port for whatever console that people want to. Um, with one we Ro- with one we robot, I think the plan is to try and take it to a publisher once the game is in a sort of presentable like state, and then try and punt it 
and then see if anybody takes it. So I think if a publisher takes it, then it'll maybe end up on like some consoles or whatever. But I think if we end up just releasing it by ourselves, excuse me, I think uh, it'll just be a console. It'll just be a PC like Steam exclusive. Yeah. Uh, which I'm not bothered about because uh, <laughs> trying to uh, trying to, to try to do like music and sound for uh, mobile games is a uh, is a bit of a ball ache. <laughs> just because of like the limited like processing power and all the restrictions that you have to use is uh, doing like a music for like a, a full PC build and then having to like take it all down <laughs> to a, to a mobile phone or um, is a is a bit of a is a bit of a pain. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. I think um, I think that's all the questions I've got. Is there anything you want to talk about at all? Or? Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'd be happy just kind of sit here and like d- talk shit about video <laughs> games all night, man. Probably call that that. Um, yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah, yeah wrap up. Yeah, um, but, yeah. Thank you for thank you for your time. Really appreciated. Oh. A great chat. No, thank you very much, man. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, so nice to just get to nerd out with that stuff man so yeah thank you for your insightful questions and for entertaining my bullshit <laughs> once again i'd like to thank michael for giving me his time to chat about his work and soundtracks and just general video games um if you want more information about michael and his work you can visit his website at michaelhamilton.co.uk it's links to the soundtracks on bandcamp and spotify um also links to the various games he's worked on quite a few of them are free downloads on itch.com um spin star is available to add your wish list on steam currently and it's due for release soon uh say that our next episode will be the third friday in september and i'll be joined by ivan novello and bafta award nominated david halston where i chat to him about his work on thomas was alone volume cube two lost words beyond the page battle toads and just more general fun music soundtrack shenanigans thank you very much for listening <laughs>